0: Happy Friday, everybody. The sun is shining, Mike. The sun is out. Yeah, uh, and it came along with 45-degree temperatures. So. <laughs> listen, we can't have it all, <laughs> no. can we? I, I saw the sun. I was I took the dog for a walk. I stepped outside wearing shorts. Hold that. Time out. Back inside. Yeah.
1: Log pants. Chilly. No doubt. Yeah, right. uh, cold weather blew in. But listen, the rain is gone. I'm happy with that. Hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, we're going to get to what Dave O'Brien had to say yesterday. He writes for The Athletic, covers our Braves. We're less than two weeks away from the Braves pitchers and catchers reporting. And it's like, whoa, this offseason just flew by. But he was talking about the leadership void for the Braves and uh, whether or not we have enough pitching. I know this has been a concern for you as we've gone through this offseason. I'm, listen, I'm talking about going into the season. Anything can happen. We can have injuries and all of that. But, you know, when you get to the playoffs, it seems as though uh, we haven't had as many quality arms as we needed. Now, I just think right. two guys let us down last year. And, and – Strider's gonna be great. He did not pitch well in the playoffs, and neither did Max. No, and you just knew
0: going into that Philly game that was gonna. If that blew up in your face, which it did, but Max, he wasn't the same. Remember the game to finish the season? He looked like he was about. uh, He looked like he's like 120 pounds. Lost weight. Remember down in Miami? Yeah, he he got sick, and whatever that was, it you know, you and I, we've anybody who's had food poisoning or whatever it was. Sometimes it just it kicks your butt for like a week, and it seemed like it sure did with Max. And
1: unfortunately, it coincided with when we needed to make our run. So, Dave O'Brien, you'll hear what he had to say, and uh, we'll talk more Braves because we're about to be there. And uh, it, it, the team will look different, obviously, like it did when Freddie wasn't here and not having Dansby. But as I've said, for the last few weeks, we've got a good club. And I think, you know, we're still going to compete for the East. Everybody will be mm-hmm. talking about the Mets because they spent more money. That's fine. Yeah. Bigger names in the pitching staff. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, there's, but there's some great stories.
0: Soroka, we talked about that. You know, Dave feels it. Yeah, you have to understand Charlie Morton. and You'll hear Dave talk about it. You know, the injury to the leg; he still wasn't one hundred percent. But I tell you what, I'd still have gone and got another front line starter for this rotation. I'll be honest with you. Maybe we still uh, we look at that before spring training leaves and they break camp.
1: Yeah, I, I know what we. I think Dave said, and we'll we'll play it for you. He was talking about how this this pitching rotation lines up. And he was talking about Charlie Morton getting a full offseason. It's kind of right. interesting stuff. It's on the way in 20 minutes. Hit us up, guys. 404-741-0929. If you're just joining the show, Kyrie Irving uh, saying he wants a trade out of Brooklyn <laughs> before the trade deadline on February 9th. Shock and uh, Kyrie's averaging 27 a game. He's Kyrie, okay? He came here and put on a show. Yeah. Uh, with the, the night we went to the Nets game, he put on a show. They won that game. That was the game Mike's talking about where trade in play. But... Whether you you know like Kyrie as as a person, he's a hooper, he's a hooper, and he wherever he goes, he's going to help a team. And Mike, if he goes to to the Lakers, I got to tell you, their chances of winning a championship go way up for me, even with old LeBron playing the way he is right now. So right. we'll see where he goes. But as we said earlier, the reports are right now they have not indicated any particular team. If the Lakers could pull this thing off, we talked about you mentioned it.
0: Because, you know, right now Denver is leading. Memphis made a big run and they kind of came back to Earth. And then now, you know, we'll talk about Memphis' shenanigans last night if you didn't see it up in oh, Cleveland. Man. Ridiculous. But realize Red Velvet and Sacramento is the three seed. So the point is, none of those teams have been there. Now you could argue John Moran can make a run, but if you could pump and Kyrie and make that work with L.A. You're
1: telling me you're going to rule out LeBron at least get once he gets in the playoffs making a no. run. No, no, I'm not. That, listen, I'm. Ne- I think he still. If you give him a seven-game series and strategically, you know, with, with A.D. healthy, knock wood. Well, that's, there's the big and, if. And Kyrie adds to that team, you get additional scoring prowess. My, I, there's no way I'm counting them out. It would have to look a lot
0: like the big three did in Miami where there was the, the bench was a bunch of nobodies. Yes. And everybody had to be amazing. <laughs> that's
1: right. So we'll see. But that is the news today. And it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Hawks fans are saying, can we get him? My initial answer is no. Well but again
0: guys whatever you're going to give you have to now Carl just said it. Um, no one debates Kyrie's ability to do some amazing things on the basketball court. The great mystery is that space between his ears. And you have no idea of knowing if he would want to stay here in Atlanta. And then, and that's that would be the that you're betting on that. No way. You cannot move tons of whatever you've accumulated Assets. big time. To feel out on a feel out a guy that you, even then with Kyrie you are still maybe not even good enough to beat Boston or beat the Bucs. Can't do it.
1: Yeah. That's the issue, Mike. Unless You're you right. give me an, an ironclad promise, he's going to be here moving forward. That's the big one. I mean, like if you told me, okay, we got him for the next four years. Right. That's a different story than renting him until June, and then he's gone. And you have nothing to show for it. Right. Because you've given up stuff that you didn't need to give up. All right. More on that coming up. More on Hawks being in Utah and more on Trey being snubbed. For the All-Star game, he did not make the reserve team. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's get to an NFL blitz. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. Jerry Jones talking in Dallas about Mike McCarthy running the offense. Now, you guys remember, he called plays in Green Bay, he won a Super Bowl there, but when he got to Dallas, it was McCarthy 2.0. It was, I'm going to be a CEO, and I'm going to let guys who need to call plays call plays, and he took himself out of that equation. Now, Mike, since they moved on from Kellen Moore, he is running the offense again. Here's Jerry Jones. What this really does for us is maximize the abilities of what we have on this coaching staff. When you think about
0: Dan Quinn and you think about
2: Mike, it's not at
0: all about what Kellen isn't. Wasn't it? it's not at all about that. You know? okay. For Kellen, it's onward and upward. Uh, for us, it's onward and upward. Like I lost it last week when Jerry said that uh, you know the Eagles uh, they they went for it all this year. We don't do that. We build for the future and the big picture. <laughs> it's like what are you, ta- Jerry? I got a God love him. Ah. You know, my grandmother went through it. I believe Jerry's starting to go through it. He's losing his
1: mind, Carl. It's happening. It's begun. He's not. He just talks in circles. It makes no sense. What about Zeke returning to the team? They've got to make a contract decision on him, guys. Either restructure or let him go. Here's Jerry Jones. I do know this without even looking at an evaluation. Zeke was a, a lot more incremental to the
0: success that we had than his rushing yards indicate. But you do want I, him. I believe that. You do want him back next year. Would like to have him back next year. Yes. You would like, you would like to have yes. Would year. like to
1: have him back. What what price? Twelve million a year? Like what? Fifteen? Like the money he's making right now? Right. I don't think they're going to have him back at that price. No. And there, there
0: was a stat that showed the Chiefs' running backs. I think the budget is like at four million. The Eagles is like under six. And you had Ezekiel Elliott making twelve point four million, right? Yes. I mean that's that's, doesn't work unless
1: you got Derrick Henry. And you saw it when Pollard went out in that playoff game because he couldn't handle the run. He could not do those same things. Yeah, done. Mike, we've been talking about what the 49ers are going to do with their quarterback situation. Um, And and by the way, I mean, all these places we had Tom Brady going, Derek Carr now becomes the front runner. Yep. Okay? It was Brady because it was Brady. But now all of a sudden, Mike, we talk about the 49ers and the Jets and all these places. Carr becomes the guy that you go, i take him. Because it was Brady because it was just a a no-brainer. So he's got a lot of options. Trey Lance was talking about Brock Purdy and what they learned from each other. They're both under contract for the 49ers. Just tried to help him as much as I could. Um, Learned a lot from him as well, you know, just from a human being standpoint. Um, Maybe he's a great person, someone that that I see a lot of myself in. Uh, So it's great for me to just be able to have a quarterback room like we did throughout the year.
0: Okay. Now, where does Garoppolo go? I mean, is it Carr 1A, Garoppolo 1B?
1: I would think so. Right? Uh, and only because injuries. And that's it. I just don't know what Garoppolo... That's probably why I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would think
0: Carr $25 million a year. Yes. And Garoppolo the same? Not, not at the level, obviously, of the elite quarterbacks. I believe that, Mike. Yeah. So, still a nice chunk of change in how you move the money around. The question for me is... What do the Dolphins do regarding Tua Tungavailoa? Because you've got everything in place. Your window is now. You mm-hmm. had the Bills on the ropes. And I don't believe Skyler Thompson is the answer, but maybe they do. And maybe they're going to roll with that moving forward. But, Carl, they've got a great defense. they got all the weapons. you got the receivers with Tyreek Hill and Waddle. you got to get a big-time quarterback in there and get to the playoffs again.
1: You do. Now, Aaron Rodgers was playing in the Pro-Am, pro-am for Pebble yep. Beach. over in Pebble. And he said, you know, jokingly, and maybe he wasn't joking yesterday as they're trying to interview him, that he's not going to San Francisco. And everybody took that and said, okay, well, I never had Aaron Rodgers going to San Francisco, but okay, I, I would lean more towards the Jets just because of this alleged relationship between him and Nathaniel Hackett. But, Mike, he said, I'm not going to San Francisco. I don't know what's going to happen. What I will say is, and Mike has been saying this, these new GMs in the league make deals. And that is where we're going to see quarterback movement. Guys, it's not like 1980 or 1995 or even 2005. You're going to see these quarterbacks, these veteran guys move, just like you saw Russell move last year. You're going to see some of these guys end up in places you don't expect.
0: Oh, by the way, did you mention Carr doesn't have permission to speak to other teams? Did you see that? They haven't given him
1: permission. So, that's uh, speaking of which, it's going to be driven by the Raiders. So, they're going to be looking for, obviously, tremendous compensation. No doubt. We'll see. That's gonna be really because three days after the Super Bowl, they have to make a decision. If not, guys, all of his money is guaranteed. Right. So if he hasn't moved and he's on the roster, all of his money is guaranteed. It's foolish to have him on the roster. You gotta make a move and you gotta do it now. Hey, uh, guess what? Uh, what's if up? um you uh, were an Alabama fan, you're
0: worried that maybe Todd Grantham would get that gig, he's going back to the NFL. Third and Grantham, guess where he's going? Where? The Saints. Really? yes dc huh uh he is going to be a defensive assistant ah, not, not the coordinator okay. but the but the, the unique defensive prowess of uh, a guy which again elicits polarizing results from a lot of fan bases who
1: are, where he stops he's going to the Saints. all right that's interesting hey uh domico ryan's was a defensive coordinator now he's a head coach he had his press conference yesterday really good stuff from Demico. i think you guys if you mm-hmm. saw it or any of it you get a sense of why he was so liked by so many teams mm-hmm. and was going to get a head coaching job. But this is part of his pressure, Mike, as he credits mom. What sacrifice looks like, right? my mother, is we're going to get it done. No matter how hard, hard it seems, no matter how far-fetched it may seem, like we're going to get it done. So that those principles that I saw her, whether it's working three jobs, whether it's allowing – it's. Walking to work so I can have a car to drive to school, like that. Those that sacrifices my mother made has just taught me, man. If you want it, you got to go work. You got to work hard. You got to, got to work hard, and it maybe it's some sacrifice you have to make in life as well to make sure that the others around you are better. He he played in the hmm. SEC for those who don't or are not familiar. Alabama, he was there uh before Saban um but he's an Alabama linebacker Mike and and listen had a really good career and now a lot of people think he's gonna have a really good head coaching career mm. Texans have some work to do but you got to like what you're hearing from D'Amico Ryan you
0: know what, when an organization has lost its way the way the Texans have you need good character now I can't speak for the character in the front office or the ownership mm. since big 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 Mr. McNair passed away because you knew him down at Houston but I heard what Ra- you just said what Randy McMichael said this guy was a leader on that team. I mean, there's a reason why they love him so much in San Fran. Be a nice uh, replacement if uh, Steve Wilkes got that job. Steve Wilkes going to talk to the 49ers for the D.C.
1: job replacing make Ryans. A lot of people were saying, Mike, we were talking about this on the podcast. Vic Fangio was waiting to see if the 49ers wanted to bring him back. Mm. He was there when Harbaugh was there. Right. And then it came out that he was actually, now he's going to the Dolphins. He's going to be the Dolphins coordinator. But he hadn't signed his deal. And the only reason you don't sign a deal is because you're probably waiting on a phone call or an opportunity to go somewhere else, but that ended up working out. So, Mm -hmm. some positions, as you said, some of these positions have not been filled yet. We're starting
0: to get more and more sound bites from the uh, Chiefs and the Eagles. Now, obviously, next week they get down to uh, Phoenix, and we'll have media day and all that stuff will pop. But interesting stuff, Fletcher Cox, and he plays on the defensive side, one of the predominant, I should say preeminent, Defensive tackles. He says uh, one thing about the Eagles. He says when you play with a guy like Jalen Hurts, you want to play harder for him, even on the defensive side. Wow. And we talk about, you know, the leadership thing. You guys, by now I think you've seen the pieces where he's working out with the team, lifting weights with the old linemen Just a real dude. The same thing they said about him at Alabama. His approach, number one, the way he approaches things, the way he approaches the team when he's speaking. These are the words of Fletcher Cox. He's always the same Jalen. Doesn't get too high to get too low. And these guys really respect a guy like that. And that's, and that's really cool. That resonates in that locker
1: room. It does, man. I mean, you know, Giants safety Julian Love came out talking about Nick Sirianni and this solid. week, right? And, and this is the comment he made in regards to Sirianni. You know, he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster uh, from top to bottom, offense, defense.
3: You see this stuff, though? Like, like, what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing
1: that. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I mean, he's... He's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team and you can succeed. In for <laughs> a free ride. Wow. All right, bro. I hear you, but I, I don't believe that to be true. And also, Brandon Graham, Mike, uh, talking about, you know, this is his response to Julian Love. Uh, you know what, man? People always got something to say when they're at home. So they got some stuff to think about, <laughs> so I ain't really going to touch too much on it. I just know that Coach Sirianni, is uh it don't matter what he did last year and with a team that you know nobody thought was gonna do much, you know, he ended up getting us to the playoffs. And then for his second year, it's I mean that's what you are supposed to do. You're supposed to get better. You're supposed to bring players in to get uh to do exactly what you need them to do. <laughs>
0: when people got time off. Hey man, guys in New York always running their mouth, Carl, you know that. Yes
1: they are. Yes yeah. this is true. Big mouths, big mouths. <laughs> It's our NFL Blitz. It's brought to you by Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts spoke to the media. Obviously, this is not media day. That's going to happen next week, right? But they both acknowledge that it's the first time two black quarterbacks have faced off in a Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes was saying, you know, the guys that came before me and Jalen set the stage for us now. And I'm glad that we can set the stage for kids that are coming up behind us. Very cool. It'll be a great game against two great teams and against another great quarterback. I'm excited to go out there and do what we can do against a great team. So we'll hear more of that next week. But it's been 35 years since Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to start and win a Super Bowl. And that's why it's significant next week in Phoenix. Coming up, Dave O'Brien. How much pitching do we have? Is it a concern as we get ready for spring training? Hear what he has to say next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
2: Pitcher up for the third time in his big league debut.
1: Swing, high fly ball, deep left field. Vaughn Grissom hands hard over the monster. That was a special moment, man. It was. That was cool to see Vaughn Grissom in that moment last year. We're going to need more of that, Vaughn, and he will be competing for Dansby's job as Dansby leaves and goes to the Cubs. But, Mike, we'll have some other options there. Uh, Arcia and some other guys have invited to camp. But, you know, I I think as Dave O'Brien was talking about, and, and this is something that people think is not a big deal, this whole leadership void issue, Right. Who was going to do that when Freddie left? Well, you had guys that had been here. And Dansby was certainly, hey, I'm here for that
0: job. And remember when he was in the studio with us, how much he embraced it. He took and was kind of looking forward to doing more of it here. He took
1: it on. But, okay, so are you worried about this
0: now? Well, I mean, if you're in an organization and the culture is what it is, you know, Snicker, someone would say, well, isn't that the manager's job? You know, yeah, but there's still guys on the field to pick each other up. Dansby was certainly that glue guy. I mean, you know the catcher. You know, every catcher is called Pudge, and every catcher is that guy. So it's little, little D Travis Darnell can be some of that. Austin Riley, I think, would probably be the next guy the mantle would be passed to. Ozzy's always been a guy kind of picking guys up. Certainly, he's been riding Acuna over the years to not you know screw around. Yeah, but. It is different when you have that. the one clear voice in the room was, you know, for better or for worse,
1: was Freddie for many years. I agree. Here's what Dave O'Brien, he writes for The Athletic. He joined us yesterday to talk about our Braves. More on Kyrie Irving wanting out of Brooklyn. A lot of Hawks fans are saying, Dukes and Bell, can we get this dude? Is there any way that Kyrie can join the Hawks? I will never tell you never. I will tell you that it's unlikely But I'm never going to tell you never because crazy things happen. And if this general manager, by the way, this new general manager is desperate to show everybody what he can do and you really want to shake this team up, you do something crazy like this. Right. But as Mike said, you're going to give up assets that will help you in the future and you're going to give up current players that are helping us right now. I don't know if it necessarily makes us better. If you're losing two guys that are starters, Mike, and you're giving away picks down the road – but if you want to talk about making a splash, maybe. The- yeah. Now, I mean, you, you know, you,
0: you would, would you have a, you, could you actually have, tra- I mean, just hypothetical. 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 But DeJounte, Trey, and Kyrie on the floor at the same time? I mean, that, that'd be kind of, you could have Kyrie kind of play in the three, kind of like a hybrid two three. I mean, it's interesting. You create a hell of a lot of matchup issues, but I don't think somebody would go. Somebody would be traded. Somebody would be. But then again, you, you, you and then don't, somebody would be Trey. you. Don't turn around exactly. You turn Trey, and then then you get Luke yourself. Uh, so now you've really lost the Luke and Trey because Kyrie plays here for two months and then leaves. <laughs> then it's then it's the uh, Dominique to the uh, Clippers all over again. I'm just saying. Danny Manning comes here and Danny goes goodbye. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then Trey goes to Brooklyn and becomes a perennial All Star. So, correct. Because the media would then be all over.
1: <laughs> correct. Yes, that's how it would play. You know, out. maybe Trey would be happy in Brooklyn. I don't know. Uh, we're going to talk more about it. But that I is- will say
0: this, though. if it, but no, Full disclosure. If you had something like the situation with Nate, you saw the New York media was all over. When he played in the garden, they were asking him questions. Anything you do here up there is magnified tenfold. And if Trey felt the media was mean or, oh, my God, Zach Klein asked him two difficult questions, that is called a walk in the park compared to what it would be like pulling this stuff up in New York, yeah. albeit in Brooklyn.
1: Now, we're not saying any of this is happening, but for but, those yeah. of you who keep asking, that's what I would tell you. All right, we'll we'll talk more about it as we move along. Let's get to Dave O'Brien's thought about leadership and the void of leadership with our Braves as we get ready for spring training in less than two weeks.
2: No, I don't think it's overblown. I think chemistry is more important than leadership because leadership can be handled by several guys. In other words, it doesn't have to be one guy who's just a clear team captain, the way Freddie Freeman was when he was here last year. They didn't. They they didn't have as far as I could tell, and guys I talked to, they didn't have any problem filling that void, but it was a matter of a bunch of different guys had to be a little bit more assertive. And, you know, you'd be more, lead, you'd be more of a leader in this area, you in this area, you speak out here, you in your your meetings, that kind of thing. So, um, but I don't think it's overrated uh, um, it, it, as far as just overall, it's got to come from somebody. There has to be that chem. I, I should say chemistry is the most important thing rather than leadership, but uh I I think that the uh, losing Freddie and then losing Dansby, you certainly have to somebody has to pick up the slack. I mean, somebody has to uh, has to be willing to say things when they need to be said because Dansby kind of adapted that role last year with Freddie gone, and, and I was told yeah, that's why how he acquired the nickname the Sheriff last year. So, who's
1: that guy? Who who is that guy? We're, we don't know yet. We'll find right. out. You you automatically think. The pecking order is because it's a veteran guy who's been in the league that that's the guy that's going to step up. So, Travis Darnot. No. What I was going to say, Mike, is it's not that way in your family, is it? Just because you have siblings doesn't mean that the oldest is always the wisest. True. So, it doesn't matter about the time in the league. It's who steps into that role for the Braves. And, I honestly, I don't know who it is. I, yes, I would like to believe that Travis Darno. But mean, i but I'm, i got to tell you, Riley's hitting 30 home runs a, a year, Mike. He's the highest paid brave. Some responsibility comes with that. He is a super low key guy. He's country as hell, as
0: y'all know from Mississippi. And uh, you know, I, I wonder if it, is he willing to embrace that. He's got a pretty good relationship with Chipper, you know. And Chipper is, you know, Chipper came on the show and told us about leadership when Freddie left. You know, it's they'll, they'll be. You don't just come in there. As we joked around, like my old high school football team, where guys like I am your captain. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am the captain. We are voting now. for this, <laughs> and we're gonna. And it's done. It's built on respect. It's built on body of work. And it's built on all the intangible. Maybe you know, for all we know, Michael Money Harris becomes that guy. That's right. To your point about it. doesn't have to be the oldest dude.
1: All right, Dave O'Brien was also talking about whether or not we have enough pitching. This is a concern because
2: you look at the starting rotation. You go, okay, we're pretty set. Are we? Hell of a hell of a pitching staff. It's uh, if it, guys stay healthy, it should be better than last year's. The bullpen got better. The pickups weren't sexy names. But solid guys like Lutke. If you look at his numbers the last two years with the with the Yankees, the veteran lefty mid he's in his mid thirties, but he had great numbers the last two years with the Yankees. You had him in there and then Jimenez moving into the setup role, the guy from Detroit, he's a big, big uh, kind of a uh, like a two hundred and sixty, seventy pound guy that throws hard, got good stuff, doesn't walk people, a lot of strikeouts. Um, he struck out 33% of the batters he faced last year. It was like top 5% in baseball. You mm-hmm. move him into the setup role mm-hmm. that Iglesias had last year, Iglesias moves up to the closer, and you're better in those spots now. So, right. you know, with what they added, you know, because last year, you know, they, don't forget, they, they, they went almost the whole year basically without Max and when he was there, he was hurt. It wasn't pitching very well, and they went the whole year without Luke Jackson. So the bullpen was a lot lesser last year than it was the year before and it was still pretty good. It was still real good. So they have a, they they're able to piece that together on the fly if they have to. And they got such good chemistry and camaraderie in that bullpen that I think that uh, they'll be able to continue that. But but I like the talent they got in the bullpen this year more than than last year. You know, in retrospect, because Matzick you know was hurt and Luke got hurt in spring training, so uh, it should be a better pin. And and that rotation, you got. Uh, is 39. Obviously, he's not what he used to be. But if you look at a stretch last year, because he, he spent last winter rehabbing from the broken leg that he suffered in the World Series, the, you know, the previous World Series. So, he really started last spring training way behind, and it showed early on. But if you look, he had a stretch there, and it wasn't, I'm not talking five or ten games, I'm talking 17 starts, where he was every bit as good as he had been in the, in the past five years. So, I still think Charlie can be more than adequate, especially where they need him. He might, he could arguably, if he's if he's regular Charlie Morton or close to it, he could be the best number four starter in the league, and that's where they're going to need him, number four, because they're set at top with Freed, Strider, who's dominant, and Kyle Wright, who only led the majors in wins last year. You know, I'm not a big wins guy, but. He he also had a low three ZRA. I mean, he was strong. Kyle yeah. Wright was strong. So your first three is about as good as anybody's as far as being reliable, all that. I mean, very good. And Strider, I'm really excited to see what he can do because this dude last year was just ridiculous. And and if him in the, in the rotation from day one, remember, he didn't join the rotation last year until right. two months in. Yeah, it's there's a
1: lot there, but basically he's telling you that um, our starting three can match up with anybody in the league, and if you get Soroka back, Mike, if you get a healthy Charlie Morton pitching, all of a sudden this you might have guys that are pitching like you know in the fourth and fifth spot that are pitching like their twos and threes you're going to get extra out of those guys. It could be a huge benefit for the Braves. And you're going to need
0: it if you're going toe-to-toe with the Mets. You know, the Mets have got big pitching. You know, you have to look like the Dodgers nowadays. The Dodgers have got no – there's no let-up in that rotation, even when they have to lay – how many times they have let guys take time off the last couple of years? So, you have yeah, Freed Wright, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, and then Ian Anderson and Soroka. And, you know, at times they'll have a six-man like they always kind of get to in the dog days of the summer. But you will need to, you know, again, hope that Morton at age 39 – and what Dave just told you in that soundbite is better a full year of uh, work under that leg that got broken, mm. and he thinks he'll be better. But, again, you know, Father Time does catch up with a lot of folks, I, I, as long as he's not the walking four and a third, because that wore me out last
1: year. No, it's uh, and, and was that a health deal? I, I don't yeah, I guess, know. And he, I think he chalks that up to that. We'll see. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're talking a lot today about Trey Young, our star, not being a part of the NBA All-Star festivities. He was not a starter, but he at least, I thought, was going to be a reserve. And then that didn't happen last night. They play in Utah tonight. We're going to get back into that. And also, Kyrie demanding a trade from Brooklyn. Apparently, Brooklyn, and I'm about to tweet this out, offered Kyrie an extension. But, Mike, it had stipulations. Like, you know, you have to play a certain amount of games. Oh, you know, you can't be uh, off on certain days. It was rejected by Kyrie, and apparently it upset him, and that's what triggered this (laughs) I want out. Of course it did. All right. That's where we're at. We're coming back. We got Yeah Man, No Man on the way. Stay right there. It's Friday. It's Dukes and Bell.
2: It is Dukes and Bell. Those tickets for the boss man, expensive.
0: Yes, uh, Springsteen did an unbelievable interview with uh, Howard Stern. That's been airing uh, HBO re-re uh, aired it uh, just the other day, and yeah, you just don't know how many times you get to see you know Springsteen and the E Street Band doing their thing. So it'll be massive crowd. I mean, packed house. And again, State Farm is such a uh, such a cool environment, one of the best venues, obviously, in the country. So yeah, it will be uh, traffic will be popping and a lot of Uber and, and etc. But uh, gonna be a great show tonight. I got a bunch of buddies going.
1: I do too. I got friends that were like, we paid. A lot of money. Yeah. And I was like, have you seen him before? Because that's always my question. Like, if you've not seen an artist, and this is on your bucket list, I get it. You go drop a grand or whatever it's going to be. And I know that sounds crazy. But, again, to Mike's point, you don't know if he's coming back. You don't know if he's done. Right. But if you've seen an artist, and this is where it gets tricky, Mike, if you've seen an artist, unless that's your artist. Right. Right once, twice, three times, are you willing to pay that much to go see him again? And if he's your artist, then the answer is yes. But, like, that would be the question. If I've seen Bruce three times, you know, over the last 20 years, are you willing to go drop what the ticket prices were? Because it was like Taylor Swift up in here. I mean, it was expensive. So we'll see. But it's going to be a good show, and uh, I know a lot of people are going as well. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's get to Yeah, Man, No Man. It's time
0: for
3: Yeah, Man, No Man. Kinda makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down. Seems like we should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. He's six foot one,
1: not
0: really,
3: from Florida,
0: Kennesaw State, and gives rapid fire questions. <laughs> it's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Bo Morgan. Brought to you by the W Sauce, America's Worcestershire sauce. Bigger, better, bolder.
1: Alright, Bo, happy Friday. By the way, while we're talking about the balls. Nobody say anything to me August 11th when Beyonce's in town, all right? right, don't. I don't want to talk about it because well, I'm going to be there. I'm going. I'm going to find a way to get there. Hey. I don't I don't know how I'm going, but I'm going.
3: I'm just glad we're not going to spend any more time in this segment wasting it on an overrated artist named Bruce Springsteen. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs>
3: overrated. I mean,
1: Bo, the guy's in town. He's performing in front Overrated. of people tonight. I mean, can you give him a break? You know what? Every now and again, I get a guy like Squid Billy and I,
0: Here's another song about a car. You'd think you'd like it. He's everything you'd like. I mean, it's all about cars.
3: It's cars and chicks and cars and fights and chicks and cars. You know. I like people that sing about America too. That's yeah,
0: what he sings about. No, it's all about that's, the that's American an anti- experience. No. Oh,
3: it's not about a
1: guy coming back from Nam and being
3: screwed the by the USA. system. Yeah, he's right. No. You no. know. You know. Mike is right. Not a fan. Overrated. Oh, I
1: cannot oh. believe the day that this guy is in town. The boss yeah. is in town.
0: No, that look, you would have the audacity I, I to say this. Listen, hey,
3: boss. You're overrated. Oh, I, you know what? I, I,
0: do you have do you listen? Do you have any Springsteen records? Do you have any anything on your iTunes? Do you have any Springsteen? Yeah,
3: podcasts? I've I've I listen to a lot of Springsteen. I just don't. I hear people talk about him like. Of this cult thing, it's not—he's not that good. He's at, overrated.
1: At Squid Billy oh, on Twitter, now, and all hate mail yeah. goes to Bo Morgan. I used to debate
0: this with Steak back in the day. Back in the day, because I've always felt that he does to get. You know, again, part of Bruce's uh, allure was the East Coast elites jumped all over it, and his his manager was uh, a music critic who jumped on board and, and kind of propelled him. But he's more than you know. Established his bona fides, and the guy's an amazing songwriter. I mean, come on, bro. Just because. I would you, think this is right up your alley. The highway's packed with broken heroes on a last
3: now No, overrated. Power not drive, a fan.
0: I would think that's right up your no. alley. Drive fast, top down, rock and roll, man.
3: No. No. I like guys that actually live the rock and roll lifestyle. The oh, Amon Brothers live the rock and roll Gracious. lifestyle. He does.
0: He yeah, does. He did. Overrated. He, oh, wow. Not I, I, a fan. I Sorry. agree to I, disagree. I, I, yeah, yeah, I can't
1: I can't believe we're yeah. even having this argument. I mean, I'm not
0: a big Springsteen fan. I got 15 of his tracks on iTunes.
1: What are got great
3: songs? What are the tickets going for? Probably a 1,000 to be sitting down low. You're a sucker if you paid that. Oh,
1: would you stop it? Now you're calling our listeners suckers. There's a lot of people who are going to this show who are going to enjoy Bruce tonight. It's a night
3: out of town. And oh, by the
0: way, unlike everybody else in America who plays for literally 90 minutes or two hours on the button... With a bunch of crap, he this may guy's go. gonna play for three hours. He may You're goal, gonna get yes. your money. This guy puts yeah. you on. There's no one's ever left a Springsteen show saying I didn't get my money's worth. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, you
3: know what? I, I went to Dave Matthews and I got my money's worth because he played for a while. All my brothers played for four hours. Doesn't mean it's good. Uh, Anyways, oh. speaking of speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> things the that are hill, overrated. That's the hill he's going to die on. I know. I, I, Tonight in jungle <laughs> Land. he's not coming. By on. the way, <laughs> you guys say that I'm wrong. I've got I've got multiple texts. Since this segment started, but but multiple any texts from Bruce Springsteen saying, "Well, I, hell, if Bruce Springsteen yeah. texts me, might Jeez. as well call on the show. We'll do, we'll do an interview." Tremendous but musical
0: but... critics in Rome, Georgia, responding to
3: Squidbillion <laughs> right no? now no, there's some in Buckhead. There's a, there's, I got one from uh, Buford. So you know, not everybody uh, that agrees with me is from a certain area of the mm-hmm. state. Michael, all right. <laughs> Speaking of people that we probably won't agree with, Arian Foster, former running back from Tennessee, played for the Texans. Carl, I think maybe when you were there he
1: was um namaste right? he does he used to a do podcast the end zone. He, does. he used to do the end zone uh
3: namaste yeah. always, you
0: know before Kyrie, he was always a little bit outside the box he a little was kooky he was know,
1: in his own way
3: well he does a podcast with pro football talk commentator of um barstool sports called macro dosing and uh here's what here's the bio of the the podcast Arian Foster and pro football talk commentator explore conspiracies, conundrums, and the dark corners of the deep web. So, here is Arian Foster's conspiracy about the National Football League. I started taping,
1: uh, Arian was telling me about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. Yeah, day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this week two, you're going to have hamstring injury week three. This is going to happen yeah. week four. You're going to get three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have to. Did you memorize those before the season started? Or would you go and rehearse the script before every game? we uh, were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to you know, <laughs> and this referee is going to miss this call. Yeah, because we really hate you. I right? love the courts. That sort of thing. WWF, so it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen. but You still got put on a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did
0: yeah. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? Wow. That kind of took a turn.
3: Yeah, was that Jimmy Swagger? No, that was one of their producers. Producers wow. should have the mics on, right, Chris? Wow,
1: <laughs> holy cow! I want to hear the answer to that question. So wait, I just have to understand this nonsense that I'm hearing. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports right. Radio 92.9. The game, Mike and I love the boss. Boat is not. Did he just say that the NFL was scripted? Every game is scripted. Fi- Again, now, by the way, Arian
0: Foster is insane. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The bat sh- bat crazy I almost slipped is the is the clinical term. But what was, what was this podcast? Who's talking to him? And then the producer chimes in on so his faith. This he, is all
3: over the place. He's literally on a podcast called uh-huh. Ma- Macro Dosing, where yeah. they c- explore conspiracies. It's pro football talk commentator right. from Barstool Sports. Okay. They do it together. They most likely... Macro dosing. Think about it, all right? All right I got their you. emblem I got is you. a mushroom. Got okay? I got you. I don't want to well, put – Well, he's you know. definitely
0: exploring an alternative reality. Now, sorry, those Texans teams were so freaking on clutch. Carl, you lived there for much of it, yeah. you know, before you came to the A, and the Colts had Peyton Manning, and, you know, the, and the Texans That's
1: it. blew it a lot. And Arian Foster also choked away some big games, too, himself. Yeah, I – so did they have tin foil on their heads when they did this? By series? the way,
3: this tweet – the tweet of that we just we played from macrodosing yeah. has two hundred and eighty million views. It is it went viral over the last few days. People so much that Ryan Leaf on his podcast chimed in and he goes, he goes, yeah, he's right. It's completely scripted. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, when I was sitting in jail, I was just thinking at any point I could quit this this mirage <laughs> and walk out. <laughs> That's how scripted it is. I mean, right. th- This That's is That's funny. That's funny. Somebody has a they they've put. The funny thing is, is people are t- basically taking the same uh, mm. GIF and using it multiple times. They have Tom Brady sitting in what looks like a courtroom, right. and he clearly sees someone walk in and he makes an evil look at them. I've seen it, Matt Ryan when he read the script for Super Bowl Fifty One, yeah. Russell Wilson when he read the yeah. script for Super Bowl uh, Forty Nine. That's I mean, right. It's going, it's just going crazy. But this has went viral. But this is the same guy who said he he was starving to death at Tennessee. Um, he became, you know, he's really a little bit of a – Mike nailed it. He's kind of bat-blank crazy. Mm. Have we not – are we still where we're saying sports are rigged completely by the leagues? Are we still in this era? I know that some people have influenced games like, you know, the Tim Donahue thing in the mm. NBA. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, so the, the Mar-Hamlin thing, was that scripted? Right. No, I mean, and by the way, for those who don't remember
0: Arian Foster, he had about a three-year run where he was one of the best players in the league and was, you know, 14, 15, 1600 yard guy, bunch of touchdowns. That's when they would they went to they went to the second round of the playoffs a couple times. Uh I don't think they ever made the conference finals, right? Oh. But they did they did uh, lose to the Patriots one of
1: those years and they lost to the Ravens one of those years. But they had they had a good, they had a good that was Shop, right, Matt up It was. Right. Uh and that's when, you know, Shanahan was there as well. Uh I'll say this. But uh, no, I no, the NBA, sometimes it feels that way because in the NBA, there's less moving
0: parts. So a referee getting some, two fouls early on a guy changes the entire complexion of your game in the half
1: court. That's, that's what makes it feel like it's fixed. I, I'll say this. Um, we are not, I think most sports fans have enough common sense to know that none of this stuff is rigged. It's why it's the best reality TV. I say it all the time. You're not going to watch a Super Bowl because you know it's rigged. If you did, it's called WWE and you right. would be watching. So, if you could tell me right now, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw three touchdowns but ended up a pick six to lose the game, I'm not interested. Um, but, But I will say this. This conspiracy theory stuff, we know it can get carried away. Right. We... We know we well, can living, get carried see, away. We're living in a world
0: that is so completely screwed up right now because stuff that should never get traction gets traction. That's part of the problem we're living with right
1: now. So, yeah, I, and from, from any spectrum, from I, any viewpoint. But I love the fact that guys are making fun of him around the league and former players because they're absolutely right about this. They are. But, yeah, uh, I didn't know or hear any of this, but I'm glad you played it for us because, Aaron Foster,
3: you're wrong. Oh, he's gotten crushed. By the way, um, speaking of get- crushing stuff, Tailgate at home. Don't forget our friends at the Buckhead Butcher Shop who uh, support Duke's and Bella's Tailgate at Home, and our friends at the W Sauce Guys. I'm keeping it simple. I've still got a little bit of venison left. I'm gonna do. Mm. I'm gonna do. I'm going College Days Tailgate Ooh. at Home. I'm doing cheeseburger helper, and I'm gonna throw some venison helper. in there. Yeah, I found. I, I was walking to the store the other day, and I go, "Man, I haven't had this in forever. I'm gonna snag that." And I did, and I've got it sitting there. I'm gonna make it. Um, but don't forget, you know, that it's our tug at home. You guys got anything cooking this weekend? Real quick? I, I, I
1: just saw I had something I had bought in the cabinet and uh, and I was like, what, do I, what was I going to do with this? And it's a jambalaya. So I need to get the meats to go in it. But I think oh. I'm going to do something simple like that this weekend, uh, because obviously next weekend is Super Bowl. And, you know, we'll be asking you to send pictures of your parties and what's going on with the food and drink. But I think that's what I'm going to do. Maybe some shrimp and chicken jambalaya is what I'm thinking I'm going to do this nice. weekend. We're grabbing some steaks
0: over from our buddies at the Cleaver and Cork, and uh, you can probably do his bone-in ribeye, but real quick, I want to give honorable mention for tailgate at home. Uh, Last night, Becky, uh, two nights ago, did shrimp and grits, and the grits were like cauliflower. Yeah. I'm like, don't tell me if it's healthy. Just let me eat it. And then later on, after I've woofed it down, which I did, then you can tell me what's in it. But you put a little heat on the shrimp, really tasty, and I'll put the photo up, but it was fantastic. And it's one of those healthy meals, which again, I don't want to know what's in it. Let me just eat it. It was delicious.
1: Yeah, that's that's all from the keto stuff, right. Mike. And and a lot of people are eating that way, and, and it it's good as long as they don't tell you. You're absolutely right, because if I serve <laughs> it and tell you, you're like, I'm not eating this. Right. This is not grits. This is what I'm not used to. But if you eat that way, you get used to it. I'm glad you enjoyed it because you were talking about it the other day. Like I didn't think
3: I'd like it; it was
1: really good. <laughs> exactly. All right, Bo, man, let's get out of here.
3: All right, if you want some heat in your life, get some fire Shower from the W sauce. It's bigger, better, bolder, and now spicier. And speaking of bigger, coming soon to a to a you know a wsauce.com or a retailer near you that has it is the 64 ounce big bottles of the W sauce mm. and the fire shire. So get your hands on that, and don't forget. My friends at the Georgia Hemp Company and the thegeorgiahempcompany.com have you covered for Valentine's Day. Get over there for all your CBD needs. Don't forget to use the code SQUIDBILLY10 online to get 10% off. Turtle, hit our non-Bruce Springsteen music now.
0: Yeah, a couple guys hitting us up saying too many moving parts in the NFL. Nobody can keep a secret. And again, this league can't even handle discipline without screwing it up. How are they going to fix a game? The only thing which ever irks me as far it's not a conspiracy theory is why we never got to see what was in the Spygate materials. Yeah, that yeah. was something which I would love to have seen, but the league didn't want to open up that can of worms.
1: No, I agree. I, it, there are always going to be those those moments like that, Mike, but it's not the overall league. But that implies that there's a level of fix in for gamblers, and that's why they did not go down that road. Yeah. All right, we got more to get to, including where are the destinations now for Kyrie Irving to land. We're going to tell you next. And coming up next hour, Steve Coonan, Hawk CEO, joins us as Trey was snubbed. Why was he disrespected?